After decades of feminism, Beyonce can declare with lyrical brilliance that girls not only run the world, but also this mother, and Cardi B and Megan the Stallion can now eloquently rap about their vagina and let us know that there are whores in this house, there are some whores in this house, there's some whores in this house, there's some whores in this house, and that they have a certification in freak, in case any of you were wondering. But after decades of breathing in the noxious odors of feminism, are women any better off? Welcome to the Godly Troublemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Parker. The Godly Troublemaker exists to shine the light of Christ in the eyes of the idols of our day. Let's go get into some trouble. Introduction. Chesterton said it best, quote, Feminism is mixed up with a muddled idea that women are free when they serve their employers, but slaves when they help their husbands. End quote. When we exchange the truth of God for a lie, what we find is not freedom nor empowerment, but rather slavery and servitude. When you exchange lady wisdom for lady folly in order to have your best life now through smashing the patriarchy, you soon discover that said smashing came at an immeasurable cost, like a once pretty 22-year-old who had her whole life in front of her, but then decided to smoke meth. Two years later, she has half of her teeth and looks like a 66-year-old cancer patient who has been on a two-week-long fast. Feminism is a lie, straight out of the devil's butthole, and the daughters of Eve have been susceptible to that lie from the very beginning. You can be as God is always a tempting lie, but nonetheless, it is a lie. We cannot rebel against God's created order or His law without great cost to ourselves, a cost that ultimately ends in death, but spirals down the toilet bowl until it hits that point. To kick against nature is neither wise nor prudent, nor even possible. A leopard can't change its spots any more than we can change our nature. It's baked into the cake. So putting perfume on a turd makes it no more a flower than putting boobs on Bruce Jenner makes him a woman. And no matter how advanced and progressive we become, as evidenced in the number of chicks with dicks who win Woman of the Year, in the end, rebelling against the Word of God is nothing more than a race to the bottom. It is a chasing after the wind. In rebelling against God, we thought we could advance His good creation— but in the end, have only defiled it. We've taken that which was created glorious and pumped it full of meth. And after decades of feminism, our culture is certainly worse for the wear, like a pair of Lizzo's underpants. So, sure, after decades of feminism, Beyonce can declare with lyrical brilliance that girls not only run the world, but also this mother— and Cardi B and Megan the Stallion can now eloquently rap about their vagina and let us know that there are whores in this house, there are some whores in this house, there's some whores in this house, there's some whores in this house, and that they have a certification in freak, in case any of you were 
wondering. But after decades of breathing in the noxious odors of feminism, are women any better off? Are women any safer? Are women more highly appreciated and prized and valued? It's true, feminism promised freedom, but it seems like it would have been a good idea for someone to ask freedom from what and freedom to what. Feminism has no more lifted the estate of women than Planned Parenthood has lifted the estate of the family. Porn, cohabitation, out-of-wedlock births, and abortion don't sound very empowering. But hey, you went and got yourself a J-O-B, so there's that. Not to mention your frozen eggs. I guess you have everything you've ever wanted. Stupid patriarchy. So great, you're bringing home your own bacon. But... I bet you're still the one frying it up. If not, I bet you secretly despise the effeminate wet noodle you have frying it up for you. I know, I know, that's not very nice to point out, and he's so nice. C.S. Lewis said, quote, In a sort of ghastly simplicity, we remove the organ and demand the function. We make men without chess and expect of them virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. We castrate and bid the geldings be fruitful. End quote. Our nation has gotten a tubal legation, and we wonder why there is no life. We laugh at motherhood and are shocked to find 64 million infant corpses in our midst. We mock faithful wives and mothers and then are amazed that we can't find a good man who wants to settle down. And after all, why would he when there's some whores in this house? If we want to honor the Lord in our lives and in our homes, in our churches and in our nation, and experience the Lord's blessing to a thousand generations, then men need to act like men, and women need to stop acting like men and know their place. Woman, know your place. In order to know one's place, one has to know what they were created for. Though it goes without saying, so let me say it, men and women are different. Not just regarding plumbing, but they're different all the way down and all the way through. This much was obvious for all of human history until someone made the profound assertion that men can have babies. But hey, Epstein killed himself and Biden got 80 million votes. So I guess bring on all the male birthing people. So then... When talking about men and women, we are not talking about cultural boundary lines, but rather we are talking about creational norms. We're talking about God's good design for humanity, which means we're not talking about woman in isolation. If we are talking about what a woman is, we are also talking about her relationship with God, her relationship with man, and to creation, which means to jigger with what a woman is, is to also at the same time and in the same way, jigger with all those relationships, which will have a ripple effect all the way down and all the way through. Given this, it doesn't take long to figure out how we got where we're at. You start jiggering with the dials a little bit here and there, and it doesn't seem like too much change at first, until you move decades out. It's like being off target at 20 yards. You move that target out to 100 yards, and you are way off. We've gotten to the point to where a Supreme Court justice can't even answer the simple question, what is a woman? 
because apparently being a woman is not an immutable trait anymore, but being black obviously is. And even though we can't define what a woman is, we are all certain that all women are oppressed, and everyone knows that said oppression can be fixed through baby murder, especially if the baby is a female. That'll show the patriarchy. No one is forcing a baby on me, especially not a female one. But fear not. Victoria's Secret, that great ambassador of female empowerment, is here to save the day. The moral giants at corporate realized that using attractive models to market their thongs wasn't empowering enough for women. Now, in order to correct this oversight on their part, they decided to hire some fat lesbos and trannies to help market their thongs. Problem solved. Watching these paragons of virtue, otherwise known as woke tards, solve moral problems is the equivalent of watching monkeys do math. Now that they've fixed the world one pair of underpants at a time, they only have to go on to now fix their market share problem. So then, men and women were created different by God, which means that God alone has the ability and the authority to define what a man is and what a woman is, not some pervert pedophile douche in Hollywood or D.C., not some miserable gender study professor that smells like bad homemade deodorant, not some effeminate Big Eva soft turd white knight, and not some chubby lesbo with short purple hair and combat boots and a bad attitude. A woman's value, worth, dignity, and honor are defined by God, but so too then is her role, function, and mission. Therefore, in answering the question, what is a woman, you also answer the question, what was woman created for? Man was created first as the head and was given a mission to guard, to watch, keep, and multiply. Woman was then created as his helper and was on submission. Man is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. Man was not created for woman, but woman for man. Therefore, her mission is to help him, her husband, accomplish his. Woman was not taken from man's head to rule over him. She was not taken from his feet to be his slave. She was not taken from his hands to be his tool. She was taken from his side to be his companion and his helper. This is not only a glorious thing, it's unavoidable. Woman can no more avoid this than man can avoid the patriarchy. It is baked into the cake. Given that woman was designed to be a helper, she was designed differently, not just physically, but also mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Quote, Likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. 1 Peter 3.7 In saying that women are weaker, Peter is not saying that they are less valuable. A precious vase is certainly of no less value than a hammer, but one builds a house while the other makes it pleasant to live in. Quote, Men are designed to give their strength to a woman, because a good wife is a strength magnifier. The man is the house builder, the woman the homemaker. She takes that house and appoints it and furnishes it until it becomes a home, a place of rest and comfort and hospitality. The man is the supplier, the woman the refiner. 
She takes the raw materials that he provides through the sweat of his brow, whether food or clothes or money or whatever else, and returns them as a good meal, a fine garment, a beautiful home, or some other resource of great value. This is most exemplified in childbearing itself, where she takes her man's seed into her and returns it to him as an offspring and an inheritance. Michael Foster Therefore, if a vase wants to be a hammer, it will come at a great cost. Namely, no home will be built. And if a hammer wants to pretend to be a vase, it won't be pleasant for anybody. But again, this presupposes the unavoidable God-given distinction and differences. This has nothing to do with inherent value, but rather with design. Again, Chesterton is helpful in drawing out the obvious for us. Quote, If I set the sun beside the moon, and if I set the land beside the sea, and if I set the town beside the country, and if I set the man beside the woman, I suppose some fool will talk about one being better. End quote. To say that being a helper is somehow less valuable is like saying tires are less valuable than a steering wheel. Under God's rule and reign, submission is glorious, necessary, and constructive. When women rebel against this, it doesn't make them any less a helper. It just makes them the devils. My wife is my best friend. She is my closest confidant, my companion and comforter. She is the primary educator of my children, and she has dominion in our home that I joyfully and freely give. All of this is a tremendous help to me so that I can accomplish all that God has put before me. And after having five babies, she is hotter than she has ever been. A good woman makes everything better, and a good wife is a gift from the Lord. Quote, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs 18.22 To think that being a helper or that submission is somehow degrading or less than is not only stupid, it's blasphemous. Jesus was submissive to his Father even to the point of death on the cross. His will, Jesus' will, was to do the will of his Father, and the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Helper. It's a disgusting and pernicious lie to think that the only way a woman can be equal to a man is to do what a man does. It's about as stupid as using a vase to hammer in nails. This is not at the expense of women, but rather for the sake of women. This is not to dishonor women, but rather to prize them highly. Woman, women do have an incredible amount of influence and power, not in acting like men, but rather in knowing their place in God's created order. Quote, Woman was the finishing grace of creation. Woman was the completeness of man's bliss in paradise. Woman was the cause of sin and death in our world. The world was redeemed by the seed of the woman. Woman is the mother of the human race. She is either companion, counselor, and comforter in the pilgrimage of life, or she is our tempter, scourge, and destroyer. Our sweetest cup of earthly happiness or our bitterest drought of sorrow is mixed and administered by her hand. She not only renders smooth or rough our path to the grave, but helps or hinders our progress to immortality. In heaven, we shall bless God for her aid in assisting us to reach that blissful state or amidst the torrents of unutterable woe in another region, we shall deplore the fatality of her influence. 
end quote, John Angel James. Obviously, sin perverted the created order. It corrupted our natures. It didn't change our natures. Returning to Chesterton's point about how enlightened it is for woman to submit to her employer, but not to her husband's, I would just add to that that a woman who only submits for payment has usually gone by some very unpleasant titles. Maybe this is what that great cultural philosopher Cardi B, Cardi B meant when she said, there's some hoes, whores in this place. These same women who want to smash the patriarchy have no problem submitting to their employers, and they have no problem submitting to the government when they tell them with religious seal to put on their face burqa and take an experimental drug. But if their husband asks them to make them a sandwich, they crap their pants in revolutionary outrage. Herein lies the pernicious goal of feminism. Not to remove the patriarchy, that would be impossible, but to remove a righteous, God-ordained patriarchy, thus making way for wicked men to rule. As it turns out, wicked men make the best feminists. Why does all of this matter? Well, because the glory of God and of his Christ matters. The power of the gospel matters, and the integrity of the word of God matters. Quote, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Titus 2, verses 3 through 5. Unfortunately, the devil understands male and female roles much better than most evangelical churches with their Diet Coke version of feminism. In a desire to esteem and exalt women, most churches have sprinkled a little bit of Jesus pixie dust over feminism, seeking to appease all parties. This leads to a reviling of the Word of God, which is evident in these churches being run by a bunch of passive-aggressive, nasty women who dress like they're auditioning for a spot on Fox News or going clubbing after service. One of the great tragedies of the modern church is that it thinks that in order to reach women and to keep women in the pews, they need to coddle women and never call them to repent because they secretly think that women are stupid and can't handle this. This is sick and not only reviles the word, but also reviles women. Conclusion In order to truly glorify God in our lives, homes, churches, communities, in our capacities as male and female, we need to be given a new nature through Christ. We need to be redeemed, restored, recreated, and washed through his soul-saving blood. We need to understand that all authority is derivative. That is, it comes from God and is to be exercised for his glory and his namesake. It is absolutely true that men are responsible for their sins and that they will be held accountable for everything that happens in their lives and in their homes. But it is also absolutely true that ladies will be held accountable for their sins as well. If a husband sucks at leading, he is going to give an account for that. If a wife sucks at helping, she is going to give an account for that as well. 
Through repentance and faith in Jesus, our sins are forgiven, and we are covered in His glory and His righteousness. In Christ, man is to be submissive to Christ in every way, and he is to lead in that way and to that end. And a wife is to be submissive to her husband, thus honoring Christ through her husband. Men are to be out front on mission, loving, leading, protecting, providing, cultivating. Women are to be on submission, loving, helping, respecting, creating, refining, submitting. This is a high and holy calling in the Lord and has a ripple effect all the way down and all the way through. Quote, Every woman, whether rich or poor, married or single, has a circle of influence within which, according to her character, she is exercising a certain amount of power for good or harm. Every woman, by her virtue or her vice, by her wisdom or her folly, by her dignity or her levity, is adding something to our national elevation or degradation. As long as female virtue is prevalent, upheld by one sex, and respected by the other, a nation cannot sink very low in the scale of ignominy by plunging into the depths of vice. To a certain extent, woman is the conservator of her nation's welfare. Her virtue, if firm and uncorrupted, will stand sentinel over that of the empire. John Angel James Women are the givers of life. They are strength magnifiers. They are raising future dominion takers and dragon slayers to a thousand generations. That is a magnificent and glorious thing. Far more magnificent and far more glorious than having a J-O-B running this mother or rapping about your vajayjay. So come and welcome to Jesus Christ. Before you go, if you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review, which is very helpful for us. Until next time, demolish strongholds and go cause a little godly trouble.